Hi, everybody. Uh, welcome back to the Doctoring Duo podcast, where you get real, unfiltered, and honest opinions about medical school and medical school admissions from two real, average, pre-med, and now medical students. Um, my name is Eleni, uh, and I am at the Penn State College of Medicine. As a reminder, I don't speak on behalf of my school, only on behalf of myself. Hey, everybody. I'm Noah. I'm a medical student at Mayo Clinic Alex School of Medicine. And just like Eleni, I speak for myself and not for my institution. Great. And so today our topic is going to be all about the interview. So last time we talked about the waiting game, um, kind of what to expect when we're waiting, the pitfalls of comparison, the timeline, how to take care of yourself. Now we're moving into interview season, I would think. Um, interview season is in full swing. I think a lot of them have already gone out and there's a lot more still to come. And so we kind of wanted to give you guys a little bit of a primer on what to expect and how to take care of yourself and how to prepare your best for your interviews. So uh, to begin, there's two types of interviews. Uh, there's closed versus open. And then under those, there are two subcategories um, where you have a normal, like could be like a one-on-one -on -one or a panel or a group of people and an MMI. Um, Noah, do you wanna introduce us to the concept of closed versus open? Yeah, for sure. So. To start off, a closed interview, what that basically means is that the admissions committee or the person who's um, conducting your interview doesn't have access to your file. They might, so they, they probably know your name, your college, they might have access to like your GPA and MCAT, but they don't have access to other parts of your application. Um, or they might have it flipped the other way around. They've read your essays, but they don't know your GPA and MCAT, so they don't come in there with a bias of like, this is a really smart person because they got a so-and-so score on the MCAT or they have this GPA and they really want to know about you and your story versus uh, in an open interview, they have full access to everything. They've read your primary, probably definitely your secondary, and they know all about you and you need to be prepared to talk about everything that's in your application. In a closed interview too, you need to be prepared to talk about anything that you wrote um, just because if you wrote it down, it's probably important. Yeah, and kind of adding on to closed interviews, I think that there's something interesting about a closed interview in the sense that at least the ones that I had were a little weird. Um, so I had a phone interview that was a closed interview um, and he didn't really know anything about me. And so there really was very little follow-up. So I would say something and I would give the answer to the question and then he would say, okay, great, let's move on. Because he really didn't know how to, I guess, give feedback in that way, whereas, I think on a regular interview, right, they know who you are. It's like, okay, I talked about, you know, what I think a physician should be. And then, all right, I'm going to ask you about what's on your resume or on your application. And that makes a lot of sense in terms of flow. So just kind of be ready for that. Um, I'm somebody that plays a lot on facial expressions and feedback I get. Um, and that was something that was very challenging for me during closed interviews. Yeah, I will say um, I, I agree with Eleni with what she just said. I think it's hard to have a conversation with somebody who doesn't know a lot about you in general. Um, and I will say I did enjoy my open interviews a lot more. I had one interviewer who asked me specific questions about my personal statement. And for some of you, that might ring alarm bells and be like, oh, my gosh, they actually read that. But yes, they do. But it was a nice personal touch. I wrote a lot about the importance of listening and what that means to being a good doctor. And he asked me a specific question about that. And I found that really meaningful. That means that he got what I was trying to convey and why I think um, certain qualities that make a good doctor are important. So, you know, really to, to wrap that all up, 
closed interviews, they don't know a whole lot about you. Open interviews, they do. Be prepared for the different dynamics that each may bring and, you know, just enjoy the ride. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think open interviews are a lot more personal. Um, and I think, I think honestly, my open interview at Penn State was the reason why I got in um, because I, I spent literally the entire time with this one. I had two interviewers and I spent the entire time with this one talking about my teaching experience. And this was actually her field of research. And I didn't know that. And she was very passionate about a story I told and we really, really connected. And I think that made a difference, but kind of like thinking about the open interview, um, I, I will come back to MMI in, in a little bit, but I think that this segues us really well to how to prepare. Um, and I think the most important thing you can do is read your application. Yeah, I, I would definitely, if, and you should have the time because this is the pursuit that you want to do for the rest of your life, you know, do yourself a favor, read over your application, be familiar with what not only you wrote, but maybe come up with some extra stories that you didn't share in your application because they've read it. And if you just regurgitate what's on your primary and secondary application, that's not very useful because they're not getting anything new about you. And the interview is really about finding what they don't know about you. They know enough that they like you. Now you're trying to give them something else to push you over to edge versus other applicants. So I'd agree with that. Yeah, just, you know, it's awkward, right? Especially if you wrote something about yourself. And, you know, if I said, hey, Noah, you know, like what class like what was your hardest class that you took in undergrad and he's like oh uh uh i you know it's like hmm you know it's a little suspicious or you know what about this activity like eleni did you what was your favorite time scribing and then i was like oh, oh and i said i had 500 hours of scribing well that's a problem right that makes it seem like you didn't actually do what you were doing when that may not be the case yeah um for sure i think it's important to know what you did why you did it and why it's meaningful those three things are like are going to carry you not only in your primary and secondary writing for our friends who might be <laughs> a little late to the game but it's pretty late as it is but especially as you're getting into interview season i think it's really um useful <clears throat> to go over those three things that i just mentioned um another thing uh, that i'd like to talk about um and eleni will ha has some thoughts on this as well is um, practice. Now, I put on here when I was typing up my little notes for today about like to practice with your friends and family. Now, I don't know how it was for Eleni, but like for me, if I had my parents and they sat me down, they're like, so Noah, why do you want to go into medicine? I just could I, I can't do it. It's just like too awkward. I know them. It, it's weird. I always did better with strangers or something more official. If that works for you and you can do it with family and friends, then definitely do it. Um, but you might want to go from to some official mock interview practice, which we'll talk about next, but I'll let Eleni share her thoughts on that. Yeah, I went to my parents, um, <laughs> but that's because I know that they'll roast me um, <laughs> if need be. Um, my, my dad does a lot of hiring and for obviously he does sales. So it's, it's very different than medicine, but um, I think that he knows what he's looking for in, in an answer and they're very unafraid to tell me. And I think that just making sure that you get that unfiltered feedback from somebody doesn't have to be your parents, doesn't have to be the professional office, doesn't have to be your friend, just whoever you feel like and you can trust to give you that feedback. I actually had an advisor when I was at EVA, um, a dean who I worked with in housing, 
at the beginning, her husband was a, a resident. And so she knew a lot about interviewing that kind of thing. because She was with him during that time period in his life. And so it was, she was a great resource. Like we called, we talked, we, we, uh, we pr did practice interviews together up until I got accepted. So um, find somebody that will give you honest feedback, I think, because yeah, it feels good to be like, oh, you're so great. But if you're making mistakes, I think that it's important for somebody to tell you even if it hurts your feelings. And it did hurt my feelings sometimes. Uh, <laughs> but I think that it was helpful in the long run, more helpful. Yeah. Um, on the same way that I think, you know, it's important to have other people um, in your corner who can, you know, criticize you from the outside. I think it is important in this instance to be a good self-critic. And um, Elaine and I, we both have virtual interviews. I think all of, all of our interviews were virtual. Um, I think everything is still virtual. And everything is still, and it probably will be for the foreseeable future. Um, especially for people in this cycle, almost everything's virtual. So one thing that I would definitely recommend is to record yourself, like practicing questions and like watch how you speak. Cause um, I don't know about most of you and you see it as I'm speaking right now, count the number of ums and ahs that you say, because it's probably a lot more than you think and make sure that you're looking at the camera, you're making good eye contact. It's weird looking at the green <laughs> light in your computer instead of looking at the screen, it's something to get used to. So, because it's kind of artificial when you're interviewing with someone and you're looking at the screen and it doesn't look like you're engaging with that person as you would in real life. So it's just something to keep in mind. Yeah, and also like the positioning of your eyes is very important. So I did a couple mock interviews for um, some people I knew in my undergrad. I can tell if you're reading. Um, I know if you're reading off of something, don't be the guy that gets rejected because you were caught reading or your interviewer thinks that you're reading off of a script during your interview. Um, so make sure that you're actually practicing and that you can kind of pull it out. Um, because if I'm sitting here, you know, like this and I'm reading something, <laughs> I've got our notes pulled up. Um, no, it's obvious, right? Yeah, I mean, right, it's yeah. obvious that I'm reading. Even if I'm, I'm talking to you, it looks like, you know, I'm, my eyes are elsewhere. And, and I think that's, um, <laughs> that's probably one of the worst things that you can do. It's disrespectful. And uh, it looks like you're trying to cheat the system. Yeah. And, you know, on the theme of preparing, I do want to make a quick note, actually, about being too prepared. I actually think there is such a thing as over preparation when it comes to interviews. I think as far as like official practice, maybe like do two or three mock interviews and have like smaller bits of prep along the way. Um, and as you, if you are fortunate enough to get a decent amount of interviews, your first couple of interviews will kind of actually be practice. You don't want them to be practice, but reasonably they will. Um, I think it's important, you know, to come off as genuine. And, you know, if you have a rehearsed answer, well, medicine means to me because I like to help people and I've always been fascinated by the human body and blah, blah, blah. Like that, that's not authentic. That's not you. Why do you want to go into medicine? Is it a family member? Is it you have just always had this true passion for helping people in need and you think that medicine is the best way for you to go into that and have your reasons why? Because there's lots of professions where, you know, you can help people. One of the most difficult interview questions and I'm sorry if you ever do get this question 
is <laughs> why do you want to be a physician instead of X? That can be one of my interviewers noticed I was a psychology major. She's like, why medicine, not a psychologist? Was, was, sorry, was this EVMS? <laughs> this was VCU. <laughs> Oh, EVMS asked me the same question. Did they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and it's actually, you know, a hard question to answer because you can reasonably achieve your same goals um, in other fields. It's really a question about introspection and do you want it? Do you know what you're going into and do you want it? And um, so just be prepared for that really hard question at some schools. Um, I, I, I'm a big believer in showing, not telling. Um, mm-hmm. and I think it's, I think it's easier to get away with in a speaking setting, right? Because if I said to Noah, Noah, I'm a really compassionate, empathetic and kind <laughs> person. And, you know, I really want to help people. My delivery changes the way that he might believe me or not believe me. Right. But if I wrote that on a piece of paper and put that on a secondary, it's like, well, these are just buzzwords. So I still believe that a story is the most powerful. Uh, like I said, for my Penn State interviewer, that's how I connected with her, telling a story about my student. And I did the same thing for why medicine, right? I told a story about a patient that I connected with when I was working in the emergency department and how that was very impactful to me. Um, so really see if you can't find a story for each question that you prep. Um, but I do, I do want to kind of talk about uh, questions that you should prep for every school. Um, so as we mentioned, SDN is a really good resource. Um, there will be like a question threaded on like the first post typically of that thread. And you can see like interview questions from past years. I recommend pulling the ones that you think are the hardest and then prepping off of those. Even if you don't have any of those same questions, you will still feel more prepped and more confident in your delivery. But for me, um, there was always like a couple, three questions I prep for every single school. I'm gonna see if I can uh, pull one up. Uh, but it was, it was why, why medicine? Like your why medicine answer needs to be good. It needs to not be cliche as much as you can. Uh, and you need to have it down pat. Like that's the big one. Um, why this school is the big second one. I think pretty much every school I interviewed at asked me that question at some point. Um, the one school that didn't ask me that question when I was on the wait list gave me a call and said, hey, you're high up on the wait list. Why do you want to go to this school? So I had to answer it anyway. Um, so just always have that prepared, those two. And I think always have information on curriculum, research, that kind of thing. And so the way I built my why this school question, I usually did it three pronged. So the first was something attractive about either the curriculum or something unique that it offers. Um, So I can talk about Penn State. Um, So for Penn State, um, I was very attracted to the humanities curriculum. And I talked about like all the great opportunities here, like Lion Care, which is our free clinic and Brave Cubs, where you can like dress up as a princess and go, you know, cheer up sick kids. Um, So first is activities or curriculum. Second is research. I think that showing interest in research is big, especially if you have a background in research. Find a lab that appeals to you, uh, that matches with your current research if you do it and say, hey, you know, I think that I would fit well in this lab because my work does this. Um, It's not a commitment, but it shows that you're doing research uh, on that school. And then the last thing is kind of up to you. You can put in another activity. If you did curriculum for the first one, um, you can do location. 
uh, I had a couple schools like Penn State where like I had residents that were very influential on me and like were my role models. And I mentioned that for those schools. And I think that really showed that connection between us. I know I talked a lot. Noah, what were your must have questions? Yeah, um, I, I actually think those are perfect questions to have is like why medicine? Um, and you know, everybody says not to be cliche and while I agree with it, every personal statement when you really get down to brass tacks is about helping people and why you love science. Like, let's all be, let's be honest here. Um, but you have to find a creative story to tell that. Um, and so does your interview answer, whether it be a patient story. Eleni and I both wrote about patients and I wrote about a patient scenario that had an impact on me and a physician who had an impact on me. Um, as far as, you know, research, researching into the school. I do agree with that. I'll talk a little bit about the Mayo side. Um, and now Mayo is not paying me to like say this about their school. <laughs> but, you know, one super cool thing about Mayo is we have things called selective weeks where in between um, blocks of our curriculum where we're learning the main preclinical basics of medicine, you can go and shadow, you can do research, you can take vacation time. It's a way to enrich your education in a way that's not possible at a lot of other institutions. Another thing is Mayo is world renowned for its interdisciplinary approach to care. There's no other place in the world where you're gonna see the number of specialists all coordinating care for one patient that you will at Mayo. And you know, another part is like the culture. Um, our primary value is the needs of the patient come first. And every healthcare institution obviously wants to put patients first, but I think Mayo is really a place where they put their money and their actions where, where their mouth is. They really mean it, and every physician here um, really deeply cares. Um, so those are what attracted me to Mayo, and being able to effectively convey that in my interview, um, you know, probably really went a long way. I think also things that can convey interest in the school, and not everybody is going to have the time or the resources to do this. Um, but I would try and connect with some students, you know, and get a feel for the culture of the school, ask questions that, um, you know, aren't easily looked up. And then, you know, some schools, um, Mayo is one of these schools that cares about things like letters of interest or letter of intent. And you can write about those experiences um, as the interview cycle progresses. Well, I feel like I have to sell Penn State now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, after such a convincing job. Um, but yeah, like it's very clear that Noah was well-researched when he went into his interview. Don't, don't get caught not knowing something about the school. Obviously, you're not going to know like everything, right? Um, but like have like a few decent reasons. Don't just be like, oh, my boyfriend's going there. Or <laughs> it's cheap, right? Um, it just it doesn't sound I, I think close to home is a valid one if, yeah, if you talk about having a support like a good support system but I, I would caution you against like be honest but you know don't don't say things that make it sound disingenuous if that makes sense find find the honest reasons why you want to go and, and research it so you know you can come across that way um yeah. So. Yeah, I think um, I will build build off that comment a little bit about like superfluous reasons of 
trying to make yourself sound good. Um, you know, a school shouldn't be on your list and you really shouldn't be interviewing at a school if you wouldn't consider going there. Um, so hopefully you've already done that, that legwork early on of like <clears throat> finding interesting reasons to attend to that school. And please, for all that's good, do not go into your interview and say, I want to come to your school because my great, great, great grandmother is like from the state and like, therefore I have like a tight connection. Like, you know, that's just not genuine. So like, like Eleni was saying, you know, if you have family there who you're genuinely close with and you think that's going to give you a good support system through school, by all means, or you have a significant other who has a job in that city and you, you know, you'd like to be close. That's valid. Um, but I think, for the most part, your reasons for wanting to go to a school need to be related to that school and not, you know, necessarily the surrounding area. That being said, like cities and what aspect, like where you want to eventually practice are valid. So, you know, if you want to go to school in the city and you're like, I've always seen myself in an urban environment, you know, that's fine. I want to qualify that a little bit. Um, I, I think that being very choosy like that is a luxury and, and being totally honest, it's a luxury for people that are higher MCAT scorers. And, and I know that was the case for you, Noah, and, and that was not necessarily the case for me. And so I had a lot of schools on my list that, you know, maybe would not have been in, in my top 10 or top 25, um, but if that was my only acceptance, I would have gone. And, and so for, obviously if you're a top scorer, amazing, pick and choose, do what you need to do. But if you're kind of more in my boat, um, I want to encourage you to look for the good things, because I think that I would have I would have been happy at any school on my list, um, even though there were some that maybe I like more than others. Um, and I think it's just, you know, what can you say that's positive about that school, right? And how would you take advantage of those opportunities? Right? Because at the end of the day, every medical school is going to have roughly the similar things, right? It's mostly about the nuances and the details, and that's what they really like. So look for those nuances and details and look for things that you can love, right? I'm not a city girl. I don't like the city, <laughs> but I did interview at a couple schools in big urban centers, for example, Washington, D.C. And so I didn't talk about loving the city because that wouldn't have been true. But I talked about being close to home. I talked about the free clinic opportunities, especially helping women, right? And, and that, I think, really did come across as genuine. Um, so my advice is take advantage of what's there. Um, if you don't have other options. For sure. And that is a super valid point. Um, yeah, I would say, yeah, if you don't have the absolute luxury of like, you know, there's some people on Reddit who like have like a 525 and like 4.0 GPA and they applied to like 10 schools and they like got into like every single school. Like if that's not you, like you definitely, you know, are gonna have to will into existence, um, you know your, your reasons for potentially, um, going to that school before we, um, actually move on about what to do on your big interview day. If it was okay with Lenny. I actually wanted to circle back to MMIs real quick. And, oh yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. And talk about, um, that interesting experience. I actually, I think Lenny and I were talking before we started recording and I actually believe she, you did not have any MMI interviews. Mm-mm. Which now, is weird. I mean, you'd expect like I didn't, I mean, I didn't have like a crazy amount of interviews, but I had a decent number, more than a handful. And I did not a single one was an MMI. Wow. Which is <laughs> That's actually really interesting. Um, yeah, it's, it should be a record. <laughs> yeah, it should be a record because um, for those who don't know, 
Um, MMI stands for the multiple mini interview. It's an increasingly popular um, interview format, especially among medical schools, along with, you know, um, tests like Casper, where schools are really trying to get a feel for the soft skills of applicants and not just the hard numbers. Um, it's an effort on their part to try and get past some of the hard metrics that have previously been used in admissions. So what a multiple mini interview basically is, is it's six to eight stations, each with a different interviewer. Um, each station lasts three to five minutes and you're given a prompt. Usually they're behavioral um, an instance, say like a patient comes in with this, this, and this, um, how would you react? And they're not looking for you to diagnose and treat and like get, give you everything that a doctor is expected to do. They're looking for you to approach the situation with empathy and understanding and to see all sides of an issue. And everything they might ask a controversial question. Um, one question, one controversial um, issue that was brought up in my interviews is um, tattoos in medical settings. Like, is it okay for medical practitioners to have visible tattoos? And I had to argue for against, and you might have to argue for against a certain proposition. Um, I actually did like my MMIs. Um, it was sort of like caster, but in verbal format. And, um, you know, like I said, it's really about take the time in that minute or two that you have the prep to try and understand every side, um, form a coherent response and take um, solace in the fact that after you move on with that one station, that interviewer is great at you and now you get a new interviewer. So if you feel like you messed up in one, two, or even maybe three stations, you can still end up doing really well in your interview um, because it's graded summatively. And that's really what it's trying to eliminate is the individual bias of one or two inter interviewers and get multiple eyes on you. Um, so if you have um, a school with an MMI format, you get that interview invite. I think that actually is a time where it's worth maybe perhaps to go to an official um, prep company. Maybe if you have the resources to, it's just such a different format than most people are used to. And it's not really commonly used in the workforce, I don't believe. So it's different enough where um, I think you need to do an official run through versus uh, you can get away with like the other interview formats with just having friends and family, or at least go to your career office. Like a pre-med advising office might have some official MMI prep resources. Yeah, I did do MMI prep. I never got an MMI because it was, it was free through my pre-med office. Um, and I remember there was one about, it was a practice question about, it was, do you give like very expensive HIV medications to a patient that's very likely to be non-compliant? Like who had a history of like alcoholism and like drug use, but like they really need it. And like, what do you do and how do you have that conversation? Um, there was another one about like a patient who was insisting on like a holistic treatment and was like, no, you're trying to like, you know, you're trying to scam me. Like, I don't believe in this. And like, it's like, how are you gonna be respectful of like their culture and like, um, you know, their choices while also like, you know, having a meaningful discussion about what treatment you propose. So very yeah. Casper. <laughs> yeah, very Casper. I do wanna say that, you know, a couple of things actually. So 
I would take the time to lay out what arguments each benefactor or like stakeholder has in the issue. So like say like the issue that Lenny brought up of like an complicated patient who like um, needs a medication but might have some non-compliance issues. You need to examine it from like the perspective of the physician, from the patient, maybe from you can go really macro and like from a societal, how should we attack this on like a systemic or policy-wide issue? Um, but if you take a stance, I would defend it. You know, they're not looking for people who are going to back down at the slightest um, hint of resistance. So if somebody pushes back, um, you know, of course, recognize if you're wrong or recognize that viewpoint. But, you know, they want you to see, can you form an opinion and then defend it? Um, so that's what I would say. Unless it's something concerning, like don't, don't, <laughs> yeah. don't yes. be like. Um, I'm going to scream at the patient and make them feel bad about themselves and then defend it because, you know, the, the, the old adage is right. There's no wrong answers, but there are wrong answers, right? Um, I, I don't know what people might say, but like, you know, I wouldn't treat this patient because she's a woman and I just feel like, she, like she's too emotional. She's probably lying. Like that is not something you should say. And residency, don't take that clip of me saying that out of context. Uh, right? So just just don't, like, be smart. Don't say things that, you know, are concerned. And, and my hope is that you wouldn't have those thoughts anyways because of this, the profession that you're going into, uh, that you would be compassionate at first. But just, you know, consider it and make sure that your gut reaction is right before right. going forward. Exactly. You should have a gut check. And you should be like, if take a scenario about a patient, ask yourself, is the answer that I'm about to give, is that how I want my mom treated, my sister treated, my friend treated? If that's how you wouldn't want your family member or friend treated by a physician, then it's probably probably on the side, probably on the wrong side of the spectrum. That being you said, you have a you don't have a sister, Noah. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a sister, so. Um, <laughs> so my, who are you thinking about? <laughs> my, my, my dog Hershey is my sister. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, still along that ride, uh, along that line of um, reasoning, what Eleni was saying, read the room. You know, um, I think some not that interviewers are out to get you. Um, but one question I got asked, um, there was like a lot of background about driving safety. And the question was about policy-wide initiatives about um, preventing speeding and being on your phone while you drive. And then the interview returned to me, have you ever driven and like been looking at your phone? And that was, and you know, that's like, whoa, like take a moment and think. You're like, okay, is he about to judge me for the answer that I give? But you know, I think I, think I read the room correctly. I did get an acceptance to the school. <laughs> so for whatever that's worth. What did you say? <laughs> what did I say? I said, so I think you have to approach these types of questions carefully where they're asking you directly about your behavior. Yeah. I think in the instance if they're asking you about something problematic, like driving and being on your phone, um, you have to be very careful with how you answer. I answered it and that, yes, I have done it before. Here's why it's wrong. And here's why I realized um, it's wrong. And, you know, I said, like, I unfortunately have done this. Um, 
but you know, I, since that instance, I have not, and this is why, because it's not my right to, you know, potentially end somebody's life over my inattention, you know? So I think if you're honest about it and you can share some good reflection about something in your past that you've done, that's fine. Of course, you know, if somebody asks you a question about like murder, nobody's going to be like, oh yeah, I'm so glad you reflected on your murder. So like, you know, <laughs> just, just, we were texting and driving to zero to 10 real quick. Yeah, zero to uh, 10 real quick. But right. my point is have honest reflection and just think about your aunt, think before you speak. And that's a rule for life and especially in medicine. Think about what you learned. I think that's the biggest thing. What did you learn? Um, so I think we've really beaten beaten this one to death um, about yeah. you know how to prep. Uh, so kind of you know s- summarizing this big chunk. Uh, know the differences between the types of interviews and prepare accordingly. Utilize your resources, whether that's your friends and family, whether that's your pre med office, uh, whether it's your cousin, whether that's your coworkers, whoever it might be. Make sure you're getting honest feedback. Um, go to SDN if you want to find good questions to prep with um, and make sure you're prepping basic questions like why medicine and why this school. Um, it's a good idea to prep at least a few days beforehand just to make sure you're comfortable, but maybe not two weeks beforehand. Might be a little too much. Um, overall, be confident in yourself, know your application well, and make sure that you're prepared and there's no reason why you shouldn't do well. Um, moving on, let's talk about the actual interview day itself. Um, I just want to say my first tip is, especially if you're virtual and you're like, I'm going to be really smart. I'm going to wear a suit on top and then like my underpants on the bottom. Be aware if you stand up and go to the bathroom and you forget to turn off your camera, you do not want the dean of the school of medicine to see your underpants. Like that's not a good look. Not a good look. You know, just don't be that person who's in boxers as you get up to go use the rep, please. I, I beg you. I don't need to see that. The dean of the medical school doesn't need to see that. So just be mindful and also be mindful of your like background. Yeah. Like if you have like a lot of like weird things behind you. <laughs> I've seen some weird things in applicants' <laughs> backgrounds, not gonna lie. Yeah. Um I'm not going to say anything. I I don't want to pass judgment on people, but I have seen some interesting things in people's background. But for example, like unwashed laundry, that's not a good look. Like at least move it to the floor so they don't see it. Yeah, you know, like, uh, yeah, what Eleni and I, what we're trying to get at is at least make it, you've gotten all dressed up, you look presentable, so should the room that you're in. It doesn't have to look like a millionaire's bedroom. But it needs to look like, you know, at least have a blank wall or have some nice artwork or, or you know, something. I'm not saying go out and buy things and make your room look pretty. But, you know, it needs to be presentable at the very least. Just don't have, like, unprofessional things Yeah. in the background. Like, for example, like, I personally would not have, like, a giant poster behind me, like, I don't know, like a bunch of guns, right? Like that's, that yeah. would be a red flag, I think. Yeah. Or like hanging a bunch of guns behind me, like th- things like that, like be yourself and don't be afraid to be, but like also don't give them a reason to reject you. 
yeah. from the way your room is or the way you're dressed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think like a good rule of thumb, if it if there's anything expressing violence, not 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 a good not a good look. Um, I don't know how other people would feel about this, and maybe it's a little bit of a hot take, but I don't think posters with like political slogans need to be anywhere. Um, even if your interviewer agrees with you politically. Um, you don't know not, that. You don't know that. Um, and, you know, j- just I would stay away from politics, both in your interview answers and in your interview decor, for the most part, unless they directly asked you about it. Yeah. Um, so uh, kind of how the interview day works, um, at least virtually. So I, I can't really speak. I don't think either of us can speak to like an in-person interview day, but like virtually um, usually they start in the morning. It tends to be an all day thing. It depends on the school. Some schools they'll do like information session and they'll schedule out your interview like at a separate day. Like I had one school that was like, you need to go to the info session tomorrow. Literally they sent me an interview invite. They're like you need to go tomorrow because you're in this group of interview applicants. And then your interview is like a month out. And it, it was, it was really weird. So just like keep track of your dates, but, um, usually they start like in the morning they'll run like a few hours like they'll do like two hours two three hours of like school stuff like opportunities curriculum like financials that kind of thing and then everybody will break out and go into the interviews people usually get like their own time they're usually not more than 20 minutes to half an hour i don't think i have any longer than that mm-hmm. um mmis and, can run longer just to be of note just to like yeah have that out there mmis can be anywhere from 45 to 45 minutes to an hour but yeah your traditional interviews probably aren't going over half an hour right um and you break out you might have one interviewer I've had a few one-on-ones uh you might have a whole group of people looking at you I've had like three in a room um so yeah just like just sometimes you'll know the names too so like you can look them up and that's always a good thing too like I had an emergency medicine attending interviewing me and so like I asked him questions about his research and like, I think he really liked that. Um, so use that to your advantage if you can. But I think that's a general overall, sometimes I'll do lunch with students. Uh, I know I'm actually signed up to do a lunch with Penn State interviewees on Friday, uh, which is really exciting. Um, and that's a good time to like ask unfiltered questions. Um, like how's dating, how's social life? Like how's that kind of thing? And I think like, like that, that period is super helpful as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, if the school does make you know, those informational sessions, um, mandatory, I would still go like Mayo has like Sunday hangouts for, um, our medical students. And I'll probably do one of those, um, this year. Um, I, like Lenny said, it's a low stress environment, you know, to get to know the school. These are your future classmates. If you end up at that school, you know, get a vibe, like, are they, you know, high strong, are they chill and not that high strong is a bad thing, but you know, you can get, you can get a lot of a feel from the school from its students um, because the students ultimately um, make up that culture. So, you know, I would say, and like Alani said, if you get um, an interviewer's name, even if you don't um, ask them specific questions about um, research, I wasn't super heavily focused on research. So I tended to not ask questions about that because I didn't think it would be super genuine. Um, But, you know, if you can ask specific questions about the research or clinical care or what have, you know, that's, that's all good. Yeah. Um, also, this reminded me and something we didn't cover in pre- preparation. So kind of going back to that, it might be a good idea to prepare questions to ask, because at the end of every mm-hmm. single interview, they will ask you, do you have any questions for me? 
And it's not a good look if you're like, oh no, I'm fine. Right. It shows that you don't really, you didn't really look into it and you didn't really have any like extra thoughts. So I think it's important, like look things up. It doesn't necessarily have to be about that person, but just like programs or like, how does like rotations work? Like, can you explain like how like pass fail at the school works? Like things that maybe weren't covered in orientation, um, but that are still pertinent. And what I would do actually during like the orientation was like, I would like sometimes like make a note of what things I wanted to ask more on and then maybe ask them during my interview. And I thought that that was helpful. Um, personally, I would also steer away from like super personal questions. Like, where did you meet your husband? Right, that's weird. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's weird. Um, but like, why did you choose this place? Like, why did you choose Mayo Clinic or why did you choose Penn State? And I think that gives them a really good opportunity to talk about the good things. And that also gives you a vibe on what the school values, right? I've had multiple different answers. I had one that was just like, they had a job here for me. And I was like, okay. Um, and I've had others like talk about the community and like people that care about each other. So, you know, really, I think that's a great question to ask. Like, why did you choose this place? Yeah, it's an awesome question to ask, especially if you've noticed um, that if you have an interviewer who's been someplace for 20 or 30 years, you know, that is rare to find. I think they have some good insight. If somebody's been somewhere for almost as long as Eleni and I have been alive, then presumably that's a good place. And it's important to know the reasons why that person really likes it there. <laughs> Um, like Eleni mentioned, you know, asking if you have a particular area of interest. I know um, Eleni's really interested in women's health care and um, impacts on women's health. If you have a specific interest like that, you it, it is worth asking the school, um, especially in maybe today's day and age, to ask maybe about um, specific programs that, you know, affect your area of interest, like women's health or, let's say, um, you know, like um, recently street medicine has become an increasingly um, popular field with like unhoused individuals. So, you know, if that's an area of interest for you, um, definitely ask about those. And that can show not only how you, how you're, how you are unique, sorry, um, and what you could potentially bring to the school. Yeah, but also be open. Um, it, the worst, I think the worst thing would be like, showing up and like what's the plastic surgery department like I'm not going to do anything but plastic surgery nothing wrong with wanting to do plastic surgery but I think it's important especially like because you haven't started and you haven't rotated and like you haven't done that thing like that you're not super set on one thing and like I'm interested in this but I'm open and like making that clear um I think is important and I think humble Oh, wow. Yeah, definitely for sure. Everybody comes in with their own interest and in what they think they're going to want to do in medicine. I, I know Eleni and I kind of both came in with maybe some ideas of what we want to do. I'm really interested in mental health. So psychiatry is a standout field for me. Um, I know OB-GYN is a um, standout field for her. Um, but, you know, both of our interviews weren't like, I'm going to be the best psychiatrist ever if you let me into your school. Like that, that wasn't the tone of our interviews. Yeah, or like, I'm only going to do psychiatry. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't care. Um, but I do think like my emphasis on primary care, like I did talk about how I wanted to do primary care and like how the patient connection was very important to me. And I think that did help. So if you know that you're not, if you want to do primary care or like you're very passionate about surgery for a certain reason, I think that is also good to mention. Um, 
cool. So we're kind of getting towards the end of our time here. Um, do we want to talk a little bit about like self-care during the interview and after the interview? Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, especially the night before your interview, everybody, especially your first interview, you're going to be nervous. Um, but, you know, so it's important that, you know, eat a good dinner, sleep, have a good breakfast right before your interview. You know, if you have the opportunity to log on maybe a couple minutes early and just have your camera off, take a second to breathe. It's going to be okay. You have done all the hard work. You have taken one of the most rigorous college preparatory courses available. <laughs> you have taken the MCAT. You have done well on your MCAT or well enough to be interviewed. You have done myriads of volunteer and medical work. And now you've gotten an interview and any medical school is a prestigious institution in this country. And you know, in the country, is a it's an accomplishment. MD, DO, Caribbean, you know, be, be proud of it. Um, and just know that you've put in the hard work to get here. And you know, now it's just about being a normal human being. Believe me when I tell you, it's about being a normal human being. If you can hold a conversation, you can give interesting and well reasoned answers to questions. You're gonna be. You're going to be okay. It's gonna be fine. Yeah, my advice is not to worry too much um, afterwards. Um, and I think like self care is also really important. So like afterwards, um, like I would like I would always go to the same Chinese place and like get food. I went there anyways, but it was my excuse <laughs> to get it. Um, and like I would like treat myself to Chinese food. And like I would take the rest of the day off because I was still an undergrad and Noah was too. So like I would just yeah. like not study. Um, <laughs> yeah. And that was that was good because it was like, okay, like I've had a stressful day, but like I'm de-stressing with like food and like a game or a movie or something like that. Um, and also like I don't know if you did this, but I definitely like called my parents after and like I kind of yeah. debriefed with them and I was like, you know, this is what I said. Like, what do you think about this answer? Like, how could it have been improved? And like, I think that really helped because I, I, I don't really know how much feedback they were able to give me, but I think it was more because they didn't actually hear the questions themselves. But I think it was good for me to like, think about what I had done and like reflect and say, oh, you know, maybe I could have said this differently or maybe I could have, you know, sounded more sincere here. And like, how can I fix that? Because a lot of questions tend to overlap with each other in different interviews. So that debrief was important to me and for my self-care as well. Yeah, it, it was super important for me too. The first call that I made were to my mom and my dad, you know, after the interview and the talk about, they're like the first thing, how did the interview at so-and-so school though? Tell me all about it, you know? Um, it, like a Lenny, it was a way to, you know, not necessarily vent because none of my interviews went particularly bad per se, but you know, it, it was, was venting. Just... I was stressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, you know, it was just very stressful. You know, your blood pressure is elevated, like through the roof, you know, it, it's just, it's a stressful time, no matter how pleasant the interview goes. So, you know, if celebrating with friends and family, you know, um, getting particular foods that you like are all great ways to, you know, cap off uh, an extremely stressful, stressful process that is applying to medical school. You finally made it to the end of the road. Um, 
And now you just get to revel in your hard work until, you know, those results come in and um, whatever you found out, you know, what happened. Um, I think the bigger thing is like, I don't know how it is for Eleni. And like, you know, pre-meds, we are neurotic people, but <laughs> I, I, I would do um, your best to, after you have that day to like vent, de-stress, like talk about it with your parents or friends or whoever, if you have those people in your life, you're comfortable talking about with it forget about it move on if that's your first interview or your lap your 10th interview or however many interviews you had like it's time to move on you know focus on the other things in your life then come back to it once those results are in and then you can reflect and you know go from there cool well noah do you want to kind of summarize us up and then we'll wrap it up yeah so you know this was a fairly um, long episode. We covered a lot. Um, like we said, we went over the different types of interviews, closed, open, one versus one, panel, MMI. Um, we spoke a lot about preparation, about different resources that you might use, you know, making sure that you have answers to why medicine, why that school are all really important take-home points. On interview day, breathe, relax. You have done the hard work. You have done it. And, you know, what I really want to um, stress to everybody on a last note as we finish this up, as everybody's in interview season, is celebrate it. You've made it. You've gotten your interview. You've done how you did. And now it's just time to wait and find out um, if all that hard work paid off and it most certainly will. The hardest hump to get over in application season is getting the interview because I think usually less than 10% or less of applicants get an interview. So if you get an interview, be proud. There's not many of you. And, you know, recognize that that was the biggest obstacle, right? And so now that you're in the interview, do the best you can. All right. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for listening in on our longer episode. Um, this is the Doctoring Duo podcast with Eleni and Noah, your favorite Doctoring Duo. Um, next time we'll be uh, around Halloween and we'll be talking about how scary are preclinicals. You know, I was just thinking it would have been more appropriate to do Casper, but I realized nobody takes Casper in October, right? Like Casper the Friendly Ghost, you know what yeah. I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the fake laugh, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> i get yeah i guess people are done with taking casper right now aren't they so that, that, we'll do that on a, like a like an april may episode way down yeah. the road for next cycle um so we'll talk about how scary is that medical school actually after we've been in for about three four months and uh we'll meet you guys then so until then take care and we'll talk to you later see you guys